Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. And once again, we find our country in a difficult place right now. And over the last week, I have struggled and I've wrestled with the question of what could I possibly add to the conversation when I would be viewed as a privileged white woman that would have no understanding of the scenario. So in today's episode, I share a few things that I have learned from my grandfather and what God has laid on my own heart this past week. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless. As protests continue across the country following just the horrific death of George Floyd on May 25th, conversations about racism and social justice are important for Christians and all Americans to have right now because we've seen pain and outrage and we've seen the lawlessness and chaos just sweep across America this week. And since the death of George Floyd, There are good people of all races who rightfully want justice and who rightfully want change, and they are peacefully protesting. However, it has been hijacked and it's been turned into organized chaos of violence and looting and rioting. And we've seen properties go up in fire and we've even seen deaths of wonderful people just in the wake of all of this. But it has taken away from the conversations that we need to be having. Racism is evil at the purest form. And it's hard to face just the harsh reality that racism is still alive and it's breeding deep in the souls of some Americans still today. But in the recent weeks, we see the conversations and actions. It's not just conversations we need to have. We need to be taking action are both needed to deal with racism in this country. And we are just now having this conversation on fearless for many reasons. And some of you might've been upset with why I haven't addressed it earlier. And I received a message from a follower, Monique, and shout out to Monique. I'm very thankful that she reached out to me uh, sharing her concerns. And she was wondering why I'd been silent on the issue since I like to speak into current events and politics. And I've been silent for a few reasons. And let me explain. The first one is I've just physically have not been able to because my family has been traveling to Alaska because my husband will be serving with Samaritan's Purse with the COVID-19 response here in the state of Alaska. And I've just have been removed uh, from the scenario. The second one though, as I've mentioned on Fearless before, I don't like to jump on social media quickly and responding to events like this because I believe so many people out there, they'll post a picture or make a statement and their actions will end there. You know, they'll, they'll do a social media post and then they don't do anything beyond that. You know, it's like how many people posted the hashtag years ago of bring back our girls when 200 Nigerian girls were abducted. But tell me how many of those other than posting something on social media did something after that? And if you actually did, then I applaud you. But how many people put like a red X on their hand to bring awareness to sex trafficking and actually do something beyond that? And if you do, I'm not here to criticize you. I thank you for taking action So, you know, I just, I'm very slow to react on some of this, but also it's because I'm a processor. 
I want to see the whole story. I want to hear both sides of the story. And this week, I have heard stories that I've never heard before. I've heard stories of pain and anger from friends that I've known for years that I've never heard some of their stories. So with that, you know, I'm a processor. It takes time for me to figure out and to gather my thoughts so that I can share them here on Fearless. And so I've just really have been wrestling with the thought in the last week and a half of what on earth would I talk about on Fearless regarding racism or regarding what we've seen and the events that we've seen throughout our country in the last week. I'm considered to be a white privileged female. What would I be able to add to the conversation that has not already been said? And what could I say to the conversation but would encourage people to take action after that? You know, I have to be very careful of what I say in this scenario because people do consider me a white privileged woman. But I want to help with the conversation and encourage people here on Fearless. So I've just really been struggling with that. And like I've said, I've wrestled with this question over and over in my head over the last week. And when you look at the news stories coming out and you look at the television screens and you read on social media, you just wonder, like, where's the hope? You know, I was born decades after Dr. Martin Luther King's legendary address at our nation's capital. And I was born 31 years after Rosa Parks refused to give up her bus seat. And being born in 1986, I have never witnessed the pains and the fear of segregation that my grandparents and my parents would have witnessed. The only knowledge that, you know, I personally have of civil rights movement is what I've gained from movies or I've read about in the history books, you know, including the impact of my grandfather's ministry at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. And I try to imagine how it must have been for those men like my grandfather and his friend, Dr. Martin Luther King, who were, you know, in the positions that they were in at their time, who wondered if they could do the impossible. Did they ever think they would be able to bring change to a divided country? So a few things I want to encourage you to do in your own personal lives as we, as individuals, as we, as a community, or as a nation, try to move forward. And the first is we have to turn to God's word. We as Christians, we know that he's the giver of knowledge and wisdom, that those two things belong to him, and that he would give us the knowledge and wisdom and understanding to move forward as a nation or as a family or as a community, that we cannot possibly help bring healing to a nation on our own, that we have to know it. And just in the recent weeks, as I've opened up God's word, it's the power of the Holy Spirit of how perfect His Word can be in the moment for the answers that you are seeking. And the next is the Imago Dei principle, that everybody and every person is made in the image of God. You know, that each of us, we have great worth, that each of us, we have great value. Each of us can bring a unique perspective to the conversation, that we as Christians, we are to value all life, whether that's from the womb, whether that's to our elderly, no matter who it is, we value all life. And the next is to remember, you know, in Galatians 3.28, that the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, it can bring beauty out of the ashes. You know, it's a great truth that we see is, as the scripture says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male or female. 
for you all are one in Christ Jesus, that we are all equal at the foot of the cross, that we're each brothers and sisters. You know, I remember um, my grandfather, his quote that I've read before, and it said, when Jesus enters the human scene, we discover that togetherness and hope are things that happen immediately. Upon our receiving Him as Savior and as Lord, we are together with other like-minded believers. We are bonded together with each other. Whether we are Americans or Russians, black or white Christians, Jesus Christ puts us all together. You know, the next is to love your enemy. That God commands us to love our enemy and to pray for them. As scripture says in Matthew, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I'm gonna challenge you in this time is to recognize who your enemy is. Is it someone of a different race? Is it someone of a different religion? Is it our president? Do some of you disagree with our president and you think he's our enemy? Is it your neighbor or is it a family member or a colleague that you have disagreement with? whoever that is in your own personal life, I'm gonna ask you to, after this podcast, to get on your knees, to pray for them. And I promise you, when you start praying for somebody else, because I've had it, I've had that experience of when there's been so much hatred in my heart towards a person or that I've disagreed with and there's problems with in my own life, when you start praying for them, that God will work in your own heart for healing or forgiveness or to be able to move forward in the scenario that I promise that God just doesn't say to love your enemy and just to leave it there, that when you pray for and you love and pray for your enemy as he commands you, that he will work mightily in your heart, that he will put healing in your heart towards that person. And the next one, you know, as I've really said, I was wrestling in my own heart of what do I do? Where do I begin? in this conversation that what can I possibly do on a scale that would make a difference? And I think the biggest one for me is this one, is to be intentional with your circle of influence. And as a mom, that starts with my family. That starts with my children. And you ask God, you know, what can I do? Where can I start? And I believe it's in our own circles of influence with our kids, our grandchildren, our students, if you're a teacher or whoever, we need to teach the value of every human life, whether you're born or unborn, each life has value. And that it's how we treat one another, that we set those examples and that we're very intentional in our circle of influence. So me as a mom, I'm very intentional with my children. I do not hide from them what is going on in the world. I did not hide from them what the world was facing when it was the coronavirus. My daughter, when I've pulled it up on my phone and she sees buildings burning, I do not hide her from the fact of what is happening and that why people are choosing to burn buildings or why people are protesting. That is a great opportunity that we as parents have to be intentional with our children and the conversations that we have with them. You know, and we can do it in a way that is acceptable to the age group that they are in. But we have to teach the next generation. And being intentional as parents can be very difficult, especially at the end of the day when we're tired or we're in a hurry and we got to be quick. But I'm very intentional with my children of just loving 
all people, whether that's an old veteran who's wearing a veteran's hat. You know, I make my children go out of their way and tell them thank you for their service. I'm very intentional and go out of my way when I see an elderly couple sitting in a restaurant by themselves that my children go over there and introduce themselves or talk to them. And I'm not saying that in a bragging way to say how I raise my children, that they do this and that. It's just, it takes a lot of hard work as a parent that we have to be intentional and we have to set that loving example to the next generation. And that it is so important that we set it. You know, they'll learn from our day-to-day behaviors but I encourage you to go out of your way, to go the extra mile. And I've shared this story as I remember it was after uh, the riots in St. Louis following the tragedy that happened in that city years ago. But my daughter and I, we entered a gas station at that time and we entered it and we were the only white people in this gas station. And I remember all these eyes turned on me because our country was divided very heavily at the time with racial tensions. and. I just remember these kind of flood of emotions that took over me. And this older black man was standing before my daughter. And I looked down at her with her big old eyes and her curly hair, just innocent in the world. And I looked at her and I said, hey, Margaret, can you tell this older man hello and ask him how he's doing today? And of course she did it with a big old smile on her face. You know, and those tensions eased right there because that gentleman just responded with a big smile back at her. And it's just moments like that where we teach the next generation, you know, in your own influence of what that looks like. For me, I'm a mom. But to go the extra mile, to be very intentional in your circle of influence. But we must also teach, you know, our children to be loving servants towards one another, to be kind to one another, whether that's baking cookies for the local law enforcement, especially during this time who are facing difficult times, or you know, sending them a note, a thank you note, or sending cards to those around you, you know, telling them thank you that you love them. You know, that setting that loving example starts with just simple gestures that are taught to and they're displayed to the next generation from us parents or grandparents or teachers. And just recently, I was eating dinner at a friend's house and they have older children, they're college-age children. We had just finished dinner and their college daughter, she was getting up and leaving. I said, oh, where are you going? And she had to go down to her neighbor's house, an elderly man. I think he was you know, around his 90s, but his wife and daughter had been in the hospital all week for different circumstances. And there was nobody there to take care of him. And here this was a college girl going down on a summer night to take care of her neighbor. And you're kind of like, why? Why would she be doing that when she, there's so many other things, you know, college girls want to do on a summer night. But she did it because she had been shown by an example her entire life by her parents to love her neighbor. She was taught. And we have to teach those around us. And that is my biggest challenge as a mom is, or if you're a grandparent or like I said, a teacher, a Sunday school teacher, the next generation around us has to be taught what it is to value all life, what it is to take care of your neighbors, like we read in scripture, to love and to show love to all of those around us. But of course, you know, some people's circle of influence is greater than others. Some of it's gonna be simple. Some of you are just, it starts with your family. Some of you are community leaders or you're a pastor in a church. 
Some of your influencers bigger. You know, I just, I look at my grandfather and during the civil rights movement and his circle of influence, of course, was great, especially in this country and worldwide. But there came to a time my grandfather had to make a choice to do what was right, especially at a nation that was so divided, segregation, you know, in a couple of cities where his crusades and his meetings were being held, there were ropes up segregating, you know, white and black. And he decided he was gonna take down the ropes that his meetings and his crusades were not gonna be segregated. And of course, he received great criticism from other pastors and other church leaders. And that was a big step. But that was the decision, you know, the choice that God put before him. And my grandfather could do what was right or he could have done what was wrong. And there's a great documentary called Taking Down the Ropes. And it's also talks about the relationship of my grandfather and Dr. Martin Luther King. I will put that in the show notes. God will put opportunities in our own circle. And it's up to us to make those decisions to do what is right. And the next thing, of course, I wanna encourage you to pray. And that sounds generic, and that actually should be at the top of the list, but I've saved it just to mention last year is prayer. And we're in a time in our country where so many people mock prayer, but we look over the last few months of what this country has gone through. And during the COVID outbreak, you know, as a ministry, we prayed that the Lord would open up doors to allow us to show His love and glorify Him, both as a ministry and individually in our communities. And He opened up those doors for us to be able to show people His love. And with the nation's tension and unrest, you know, over this horrible act that we saw in Minnesota, we are once again on our knees as a nation, asking the Lord, how can we glorify you, Lord? Lord, what can we do in the midst of this? How would you use me amongst all this emotion and chaos going on? Lord, how do I show your love? What can I do? What can I give? Where can I serve? And I promise you, if you get on your knees and you ask him how you can serve in your community, in your circle of influence, he will lead you. He will show you and he will put opportunities before you. I just read a story of a woman. She posted her story on Facebook. You know, she's a white woman and in her house, this maintenance man that takes care of some of her utilities came in. She said, I've never asked, you know, a personal question about race or racism with a black man. I've never done it. But here, this man walked into her life. She started this conversation with him. They now have this beautiful friendship. They've shared their story before the world and how God has used it. It was an incredible story. But that man walked into her life, her circle of influence, and now they're able to tell their story and to make an impact. I promise you, if you pray, God will put people in your life. He will show you what to do. And as we begin to have all these conversations about racism, about loving one another, being kind to one another, how we move forward and value all life, we, you know, there's so much hurt, there's angerness, there's bitterness in so many people's hearts right now. And for healing for this country and healing in the individual hearts, it will be a choice. We can choose to love one another or we can choose to hate one another. We can choose to forgive or we can choose to let the bitterness take root in our heart. And I'm here to tell you, bitterness will 
always destroy a soul. Nothing good can come from bitterness and hate in a heart. We can choose to teach our children to love one another, to respect one another, to serve one another. We can choose to teach our children and be intentional with them that Jesus died for all men, no matter the color of our skin, that we were all created equal. We can choose to value all life starting in the womb, that healing will be a choice, and then that'll be a choice that starts with each individual heart, that healing will be a choice for this nation. And that is my prayer, that we choose to be intentional, that we choose to forgive, and we choose to love one another because we overcome evil with good. And as I said in the beginning of this, is that we always have to turn to God's word first. That's God's word where he will reveal truth and understanding and give us knowledge. And with that, I'm gonna close with scripture. In Romans 12, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Never pay back evil for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I just want to remind you that we at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association have a prayer line that if you are hurting right now or you're discouraged, that you have questions and you feel hopeless, we have a prayer line and I will link that phone number in my show notes, that it is um, available 24 hours a day, seven days a week that you can call. Also wanna encourage you to be praying for our chaplains and our rapid response team from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. They are on the front lines in some of these cities offering prayer. These are some heated, um, of course, heated situations that they are in. Be praying for them that the Holy Spirit will give them protection and that will give them the words to show God's love in the midst and that they will be a light in the darkness. I encourage you to check it out on the billygram.org website and see some of the stories and the pictures of our chaplains serving on the front lines. But once again, thank you for joining me, Sissy Graham Lynch, on another episode of Fearless. God bless and have a good day.